0: Hey, it's Jenny Holbert, and this is episode number 31. Welcome to the Wild Wellness Podcast, where WILD stands for women into living their dreams. Everything I share with you blends my expertise in fitness, the mind-body connection, and natural health using essential oils to help you create a healthy, nature-inspired life and feel wild from the inside out. Consider this the place where your souls and your soul meet for an adventure, because I believe when wild women wake, mountains will move. Beautiful friend, it is a new season and I'm so grateful you're here. If you listened to the last episode, number 30, you know that I'm going to be doing podcast seasons from here on. And this one is called Healthy Body, Peaceful Plate. We're going to be diving into mindful eating for women into living their dreams. Basically, I would say we're going on a journey that I hope will help you discover what truly nourishes you. And my goal is to help you revolutionize your relationship with food. Because I'm guessing that maybe you might have a love-hate relationship going on there, some resistance, some struggle, some stressful feelings. So if you want to feel better in your body and with food, this is going to be so good. And in this first episode, I'm going to be sharing my struggle with food and my wild wellness food philosophy, as well as how I overcame an eating disorder. So on that note, a little backstory that I think will help. You may or may not know this about me, but I grew up on a farm in Ohio, and I would say that my food philosophy today was hugely inspired by this upbringing. I learned about gardening and was around animals, taking care of them. I had a summer job picking blueberries, learned how to can fruits and vegetables and all the things I learned and experienced on a farm I think have really shaped who I am and when you fast-forward to now and look at the kinds of things that I eat and the way that I approach uh, my lifestyle and my approach to wellness it really has been shaped by that upbringing and I see that in other people too as I work with people with their wellness goals I've seen how our culture and even someone's heritage influences their food choices And I've realized, too, that sometimes it influences it for the better and sometimes for the worse. So I had a lot of positive influences from growing up on a farm, and I wouldn't have traded that for the world. I'm very grateful for that. But I also think that I experienced the downside of being influenced by the world around me because I remember as a young girl, I really started to become obsessed with my body weight and a desire for thinness. The diet crazes of low fat and the media had me hooked on really judging myself and my body and having a real negative perception of that. And I also remember growing up, my mom went on a diet after giving birth to my younger sister, and understandably, she wanted to lose the extra weight she had gained during pregnancy. But it was during that time that I started to see myself sort of emulate some of those behaviors and start to think in that same way. And looking back, I realized that my relationship with food started to become one that was associated with a need for control, um, anxiety. It was driven by perfection. And overall, I remember feeling very confused about diets, food labels, how to eat, what to eat. And I developed an eating disorder, and bulimia was present in my life for about 10 years. It really wasn't until college when I began learning about the commercial food industry, food marketing, and labeling that my eyes were opened. And thank goodness they were, because this wasn't part of my formal education. It was really where (laughs) my inner guidance, I guess, led me in my search for really overcoming this eating disorder. And as you might know from experience and dealing with something yourself, once you know better, then you can do better and you can change from where you are. So I started to realize that food is a gift and nature has something that no food manufacturer or packaged food on the shelf can match. And after years of struggling with my body image and with food, I learned too much to go back. And I finally made peace with my plate. And really what it was, was I came back to nature. I came back to the idea that um, nature has everything that we need to truly nourish ourselves. And my struggle with food and an eating disorder dissolved as I learned about the tools and practices that I'm going to give you a taste of in this entire podcast season. So as I said, I want to help you discover what truly nourishes you, because as I look back I see that the challenges I had with food were in part from what I was eating and part from how and why I was eating. So the first part, the what I was eating, is what I want to talk about now. And we're going to discuss the how and the why of the eating later in other podcast episodes. So maybe you can relate with this confusion around what to eat. Maybe you're still in a place where you're confused about diets and food labels and how to eat, and if you are, I think that that's perfectly okay. I hope you're not beating yourself up over that because it's so common, partly because there's so so much information out there. It can be really confusing, and I know exactly how you feel in that. So can I share my very simple food philosophy with you that might just help and get you on maybe a different mindset around this? I believe in eating whole foods that are nourishing to our body and mind. So in general, vegetables, fruits, nuts, seeds, whole grains, beans and legumes, and high quality, humanely raised or wild animal protein. So in general, that's sort of my belief. If it's from nature, then it's open. It's fair game. But more specifically, I'm going to share some thoughts with you on this wild wellness food philosophy, which is really a nature inspired diet. So, number one, as much as possible, eat local, fresh, whole, and in season organic produce. Because organic produce hasn't been sprayed with chemicals and pesticides. And even organic animal products that haven't been pumped full of antibiotics and growth hormones is so much better. If you're worried about organic food being too expensive, try growing your own or heading to a local farmer's market to support someone who's doing that. And personally, on the cost piece, I believe you can't put a price on your health. So think about maybe some other areas that you can work around that to make it possible for you to buy the organic food as much as possible. And if you have to prioritize, you might even want to check out the Environmental Working Group's list of the Dirty Dozen and the Clean Fifteen and their lists of basically highly sprayed produce that you really want to prioritize organic when possible. Number two, avoiding sugar, and possibly wheat, dairy, and gluten, um, but also limiting caffeine and alcohol, and definitely avoiding processed and packaged food-like substances. So I know that was kind of a long list there, but basically if it's something like uh, processed sugar or processed ingredient of any kind, or if it's just a food that's kind of kryptonite for you, like caffeine, alcohol, gluten, dairy, anything like that, then avoid it. This was huge for me in healing from an eating disorder. I'll just talk specifically about the sugar for a minute because I had an addiction to sugar and I didn't realize it. it's crazy. I think many people have a sugar addiction and they don't realize it because it's chemically addictive. It's in almost everything that's in a package and it is really chemically addictive because it sends off the same hormones in our brain that cocaine does. So when I started learning about sugar and the dangers of it and how it could be responsible for mood issues and high and low energy dips, inflammation and my cravings, I found replacements and that made it so much easier and it brought me so much peace. And I just want to say that I have loads of sweet, uh, goody recipes on my website, jennyholbert.com, and you can find them on my Pinterest board too. So you definitely don't have to forego desserts or good things. You know, you can use ingredients that don't involve processed sugar and make those things just as yummy. So the third thing that I want to share is that it's so important that we add in loads of easy to digest lightly cooked vegetables or sometimes raw vegetables depending on the season, and some low glycemic fruits like berries. These things are good too. You also want to eat the rainbow. Try to get as many colored veggies on your plate as possible and take a look at it and see if you're getting a variety of colors instead of always eating the same thing. Number five, if you're eating nuts, seeds, and grains, it's really important that you make time to soak and dehydrate them before eating. It helps with the digestion of these things, and you're going to get the most nutrients out of them that way. Number six, follow the 80-20 rule. This might not be what you think. Sometimes that 80-20 rule refers to kind of eating good 80% of the time and eating not so good 20% of the time. I'm really not a big fan of that because I think if you have a certain belief system about how to eat, you don't have to have these quote-unquote cheat days because it just doesn't ever feel like you have to. But anyway, that might be another conversation. So what I mean by the 80-20 rule is 80% of your plate should be mostly vegetables. And then think of it as 20% protein or 20% to a grain-like seed like quinoa or millet or amaranth if you're vegan and you're not someone who's eating animal protein. But the basic idea is is that we need lots more vegetables and probably more than what you think. So think of it as an 80-20 on your plate. Number seven, add some love. Learn to love preparing food if you don't already so you can have a closer relationship with what you're consuming. And if you don't love it now, it's okay. Just start simple and might even want to get a coach to help you. One of the things that I work with coaching clients on is mindful eating, and part of that is actually coming up with practical ways to, you know, get around mealtime and to be able to, you know, work with those things that are nourishing to you and find time Uh, practical ways to have good foods stocked in your fridge. It might even be working with a nutritionist who's actually going to help you with the types of foods that are best for you to eat. Number eight, red meat is best if it's wild, grass-fed, grass-finished, and definitely from a trusted source. Kind of on that note, number nine, poultry should be free-range or pastured and fed their natural diet. So ideally not corn. That's not their natural diet. And number 10, fish should be wild, not farmed. So in my opinion, these are 10 things that are true for all of us, just as a basic guide. Yet there are some things that we definitely have to discover on our own to create the optimal individualized diet for ourselves. And when I say diet, I don't mean diet like weight loss type of diet. I mean diet like what we eat and what we're consuming. You know, some people may digest high-quality animal products like grass-fed, organic meats, eggs, and fish really well. And some people may not. They may feel better on a vegetarian or vegan diet. And some people might be somewhere in the middle in a combination of the two. So I think that the diet industry and well-meaning health coaches even often encourage us to choose a dietary theory to subscribe to, like paleo is the best or vegan is the way or raw or vegetarian or gluten-free or honestly, whatever diet is trending at the moment or in that era. But it can get really complicated. And most people don't want to be chasing the next diet, trying to figure out what to eat and sneaking around or cheating on their diet. So my thought is why force yourself to pick one way of eating when there's so many nutrient-rich foods, so many ways that you can prepare them, and so many awesome you know, foods that we have available to us, most of us, that are here to nourish us. So my approach is to simplify food and be an explorer. Explore what works for you. Take this nature-inspired approach, if that resonates with you, and start to explore what is specifically best for you in terms of the types of foods and how often you eat them and when you eat them. And as I said, keep it simple and explore. I encourage you to try that. So next up in this podcast season on healthy body and peaceful plate, we're going to be talking about food myths weighing you down. We're going to hear from nutritionist Alexa Sherm who will be sharing uh, more on teaching kids how to eat and why you should eat to live. So excited for that interview to share with you. Also, we will be talking about mindful eating so you can stop counting calories. Food is something we often use as a distraction from reality to avoid feeling how we really feel or when we're feeling something uncomfortable. And I'm going to share more on this and how you can turn that around. We're also going to be looking at six steps to kick your food cravings. So if you deal with stress, you have out-of-control cravings at times or all the time, or you struggle with food in another way, what I'm going to share, I think, could be life-changing because it truly has been for me. So before I go, I just want to thank you so much for listening. You are amazing just for being you. And I'm curious, are you subscribed to get future episodes? If not, hit the subscribe button to find out when the next one is ready for you. And if you got something good out of this episode, please leave a rating and review on iTunes or your podcast app, because this is the way that we can help more people find the podcast and it will allow me to continue sharing them with you. You might have even thought of someone who would love this episode and really benefit from it. So if you did, you can easily share it with them by clicking the share button or taking a screenshot and sending it to them. Thank you so much again for listening. And until we chat again, remember when wild women wake, mountains will move.